right, hello everyone. I am joined today with with by with Nick Johnson, uh, who is um, sh- uh, coming to me from all the way from Malaysia, right? Gosh, yes, it's like Malaysia really today. early in the morning <laughs> for you <laughs> today. Tomorrow, maybe somewhere else. Um, but Nick is the managing director of EGN uh, and is deeply passionate about mental health awareness, especially with uh, the executive population. And so I am very excited to have you on, Nick. Uh, I could never do justice to your intro, so I want you to give us a little bit more context around who you are as a human, what you do, but also the impact you're looking to make on the world. Right. Thank you so much, Angela, for inviting me to be with you on the show today. So yes, I was born in Sweden and educated at university in Australia. And then for the last 20 years, I've worked in Southeast Asia and mainly in Vietnam, Thailand, Indonesia, Malaysia, and lived in Singapore the last five years. So it's really Southeast Asia where I've grown my career. And for the uh, first 15 years of that was basically in the corporate world, working my way up from account executive uh, to then uh, general manager, managing director and general director. So uh, a a quite steady career path. The the last uh, five, six years though, I left the corporate world and I'm now running confidential peer groups for senior executives and business owners. So what we are providing are safe spaces for the members to discuss their work-related challenges so that they feel sympathy and getting support to solve the challenges that they're facing on a day-to-day basis so that we can say that basically uh, it is supporting them to make sure that they feel that they're not alone and to also that they overcome the difficulties that they face. Wow. Yeah. So I, I'm, I'm really curious to hear uh, what got you to that point of, of launching this kind of community because we're going to talk a little bit more about executive burnout, mental health with executives, which I think is such an important topic, uh, especially when it comes to leadership and and workplaces and how they're showing up for their people, right? Because as leaders, we need to be kind of full and our, our cups full in order to, to pour back into the people who work for us. So tell us a little more about the story that got you here, um, I guess the passion around that. And then uh, I'd love to jump into the conversation about mental health and, and executives. Yeah, sure. And definitely outside the workplace as well. I'm I'm doing a lot of things today for charities and organ- other organizations, which we will talk about for, for, for sure today as well. But inside then EGN and what brought me there was when, that when I'm looking back at my own corporate career, I realized that perhaps too often I made the, the big challenging decisions myself, but also many times I didn't make the difficult decisions myself because they were stuck with me. I felt perhaps that I couldn't discuss uh, the challenges with my boss. I also felt many times that perhaps I shouldn't talk to my team about this. I'm expected to do this. I'm paid to do this job. Uh, so I left perhaps uh, work, you know, going home, feeling stressed, feeling pressured, and I didn't have anyone to talk to about it. And or even worse, maybe I went uh, to see some friends and maybe I, I went for a workout with them or I went to the bar and, and, and saw some friends have some drinks and, you know, relaxed and, and, and forgot all about work. But then when I came back the next morning, the problems were still there. So my issue when I'm looking mm-hmm. back at my corporate career was that, you know, I was not honest enough. I was not open, not vulnerable enough. 
And that is what I saw that, you know, I'm not alone in this. There's so many leaders who lead in this way as well. So that is what I'm now basically on a mission uh, to change. Yeah, so can you tell us a little bit more about that experience? Because um, people listening, you know, range from executives. So they're probably like hearing your story right now and thinking, gosh, yeah, I, I can relate to that. But what is the, I guess, the current state of executive mental health, burnout, loneliness? Um, you know, what are some, I guess, some facts and figures that kind of tell us that this is this is a problem today? Yeah, so as I started to look into this, and this was in 2019, after I had my own personal sort of challenges, and I, I had hit rock bottom, which we can talk about also today. But as I was coming back, you know, in, into being feeling better and so on about things, I was researching the numbers. And I realized that the, about 30% of adults are suffering from loneliness worldwide. And I wanted them to check if these numbers were also uh, represented in Singapore. So I surveyed senior executives in senior roles, and I found that about 33% of them were suffering from loneliness. And this was 2019, so just before the pandemic. I then had a chance to go back to the same group in 2020, when most of them were running, you know, companies from home, being isolated, and no surprise that 60% of them were suffering from loneliness and isolation at this place. Um, the, the follow-up questions here is what makes this interesting. Then you're asking them, you know, is this something that you talk to your report uh, about, your boss or your HR team? And 84% of them do not mention this to the company. So that is the big challenge. Mm. And then you ask them one follow-up question, do you seek professional help for this or talk to someone else about it? And 75% is no. So what this is showing is exactly like me. People are, you know, grinding through, pushing on, and, and not talking about this. Why do you think that is? Well, it is the stigma surrounding this topic that people, you know, are, believe that they should be shown to have the answers, especially senior executives. Uh, mm. And it's, it's also what I also realized because I see this in myself as, you know, what perhaps drove me to becoming a senior executive was, was perhaps that being an anxious overachiever, we keep hearing this world, you know, and it seems like more and more of the executives that are in the most senior roles are anxious, therefore work harder than everyone else to prove to themselves and prove to others that they can do the job. So when other people then perhaps have balanced lives who prioritize family and so on, who cannot put in, you know, 15 hours a day and working perhaps the whole weekend to prepare for things for, for the workplace, then they are left behind. And, uh, and mm. what I see then is, you know, really a lot of the senior executives prioritize work over everything else. Yeah, I, I can imagine. I mean, <laughs> I just think about myself, right, as, as a CEO of a company and um, you're, you know, you've kind of positioned some, some thoughts that really, um, that I resonate with, which is, you know, this idea of, you know, it feels lonely, <laughs> you know, lonely at the top is something that people say a lot, but it's really this thought that uh, perhaps there's also been this artificial barrier between maybe like an executive team or an executive or a CEO and their team, because there's a sense of authority or um, that, you know, your team can't always maybe be there themselves or reach out or the support doesn't go both ways. And so I just think it's an interesting dynamic that we've created for ourselves 
in, in the paradigm of work and leadership that I think you're trying to break, break the walls down a little bit with that. Yes, definitely. And, and let's also clarify here that, it, you know, being a CEO of a small company, even if you're a solopreneur, that's still only at the top. It, it doesn't matter if it's a big organization. Mm. It just means yeah. that it's more layer and, and it's perhaps a, a different kind of loneliness when you have many layers and there's more people in the office and you're sitting there perhaps with the door closed and having the lunch by yourself when your colleague goes out. So perhaps it's more visible and you can feel it in a different way. But if you're a solopreneur and running your own business, which I'm, I'm sure many of the listeners do, uh, then that can also be very lonely unless you then have created um, you know, strong, a strong network of support who can help you with your decisions. Then every decision is basically for yourself, right? Mm. Yeah, no, that, that's a great point. And I would love to hear, I know we're, we're talking about executives and, and CEOs and, and the folks who are feeling this this loneliness, um, we know that there's a mental health challenge across the workplace. So how do you think this impacts or trickles down into an organization? Well, I, I think when the pandemic came, it started to be a bit trendy to ask your team, you know, are you okay? And it was okay to ask that, but you, you start to wonder, you know, how much substance is it behind that is okay. Uh, I mean, maybe a few people were a little bit vulnerable and shared a little bit honestly, but the most people were just like, yeah, I'm okay, nothing really going on. Or, or you share something, you know, but it, it was would be very shallow. So what I find is that the most conversations are very shallow. It seems like we're only mm -hmm. honest with perhaps with ourselves and our colleagues, if it really ends up bad, but we are trying everything we can to hide be behind what I call a smiling depression, uh, where, you know, it's this facade that we want to show to the world. And uh, you just have to look on any social media. Let's look at, for example, LinkedIn, everyone is putting on the best show, putting on the awards and the awards wins and all the media exposure and so on, mm -hmm. including myself. That is what we are supposed to be put on, you know, but if there's no substance for that, if that is just who you're trying to be, because uh, you're trying to look good to make sure that you're employed because you worry about losing your job or you want to, uh, in this gig economy, be attractive for, for various contracts. But if this, if it's like you're putting on this show just for that and that's not really a, you're, yourself authentically, then there's a mismatch and eventually, you know, the, the wheels are going to fall off, which they did for me once I had some, you know, personal issues that I went through in 2015. Uh, it was the downward spiral from there. Hmm. Would you be willing to share your experience um, about, because you mentioned yes, kind of you went through a personal challenge. Absolutely, Angela. So uh, what happened was that uh, at that stage, I resigned from my job. I also filed for a divorce. And in, in that go, I moved country. And my ex-wife and son moved to another country. So suddenly I was not only, you know, without my colleagues, but also mm -hmm. without my family. And I was jumping from job to job for a while. And when I was in this, uh, should I say, shaky ground, you know, I lost my habits and so on. I also stopped exercising for a while. And I increasingly uh, turned to alcohol instead of exercise. And everyone, including my friends, mm -hmm. said for a while, it's great. It's good to see, Nick, that you're enjoying yourself. You're always being the one who's working too hard and never show up for these things. So people were quite pleased for me and, and said, you look relaxed and, and so on. Um, but, you know, over time, uh, I, I've been in temporary jobs and, you know, having too much alcohol in myself, 
I also gained weight and, and with that also I, I fell without realizing it, I fell into a depression. I was uh, anxious about the future. And because it was so slowly, you know, it's like when you start to gain weight, you don't really realize it yourself before you actually have to go and buy a new wardrobe. But it's also similar with that with, mm. with addictions, you know, they come creeping on you. So what had started as a, a two or three beers after work could turn into suddenly it was a daily affair. And then it's hard to break mm. that you know, it, it's a fine line between bad habits and an addiction. And I didn't realize that it had become an addiction before I was hooked. And I, that's when I eventually actually I, I hit rock bottom, I uh, even uh, was desperate to get a good medical insurance, I signed the life insurance, I signed my will and testament, because mm. I was just feeling so sick that at that time, I wasn't sure if how or if it was possible to break this negative and uh, pattern that I uh, I suddenly found myself in. Wow. Wow. What a story. I'm so, so sorry to hear that happened to you. And it sounds like you found a way to, I'm assuming, pull yourself out of it because you now have this successful business where you're helping other people talk through these difficult things and, and face these difficult things. So what turned it around for you? Well, I, at that time, what was the savior was that I finally, after I had written my will and testament and sorted out all those things, um, I, you know, something lifted me. I started to feel a bit relieved. And I also decided then to tell a person who became my new wife, how I felt internally. And she had no idea. And she had been by my side here at this time. She said, Nick, you, you're always happy and smiling. And, you know, you're so good with other people. And she had no idea. But she did what most human beings would have done when they were told she was offered to help. She brought me to a doctor. She also brought me to a friend who had gone through something similar a few years ago. And she introduced me to some other people. And, you know, within 24 hours, I was fully supported. And then the loneliness suddenly disappeared. So it was really like a, a fast crash down uh, at the end when I was really mm. losing my health and a very fast comeback here. And uh, um, I built up this, you know, support network around me in the in the personal space where I completely felt that this was not something that I have to be shy about. Many people have gone through this before. They you know, they have recovered, you know, and I also called one of these uh support the recovery programs there's so many anonymous recovery programs and in there you know there was all these successful people who said yeah i went through something 15 years ago you know you're not alone and of course there was many in there also who had gone through a divorce and with all the challenges that comes with that and who have then fallen off you know the, the good habits and picked up some bad habits so it was just humanized and there was mm -hmm. no longer all this shame around this but that's when i also realized you know that why don't we talk about this more? Why do we have to go so far that we hit rock bottom, as in my case? And I also just want to add that as I was just getting healthier and getting better, a friend of mine suddenly died of suicide. And that's when I also decided to, you know, really open up mm. and, and share this with the world. Wow. Yeah, I could see a lot of parallels to um, you know, the, the community that you've created, which um, it sounds like, and, and you tell me if I'm off base here, but it sounds like um, this is an opportunity, this community that you've brought together to not just work through business challenges, but also I don't think you can take the human part out of that, right? Like the, 
the personal challenges that um, that relate to some of the things we have to deal with as executives, uh, as we're leading a team, as we're thinking about um, our own well-being and self-reflecting on our blind spots. And so how do you, I guess, how do you successfully mix those two conversations so that the holistic executive is being taken care of and supportive, supported in the group? Yeah, so I think it's essential that we practice the vulnerability muscle, as I call it. And mm -hmm. it starts by discussing things in good times when we not have a mental issue or major a crisis in our life. We shouldn't have to wait for a divorce or a, a, an addiction or, you know, loss of jobs or, or anything else like that to have vulnerable, honest conversations. So that is the purpose then of these peer groups that I'm now working with, where we're meeting on a day to day basis. And each group is meeting six times a year for half a day. These sessions are scheduled one year in advance and members are encouraged, you know, to prepare mm. for them and come in and sharing their challenges and then we discuss this so it's a safe space where you practice being honest with yourself and other people and if we do that in the good times then also you know once we are really facing some difficult challenges then the step to actually asking for help is much easier to take um so while i, I do this as a, in a professional manner now with organizations on work-related matters there's also of course having that support network built up proactively so that you know where to go if you also have some mental issues and so on and that you are supported. So again, that the step to ask for help uh, is also something that you have proactively prepared for. So you're almost preparing yourself for a rainy day that you have already these contacts and you belong to these network in, in a proactive way. Yeah, so you mentioned vulnerability, which I think is a, a really um, tactical thing that executives can work on because I think I think we're taught, um, you know, as you climb the ranks within a corporate organization or if you build your own business, that we always have to be right <laughs> and we always have to be on almost, you know, there's kind of this performative feeling of responsibility, which is, I think, absolutely correct. You know, when you when you reach those ranks, there's a greater responsibility to people, to the business, to your values, all, all of that. Um, but what are some other characteristics or maybe tactics that executives, whether they're in your in your group or in the peer group that you've developed or not, uh, that executives can start to kind of change some paradigms around to be more well? Well, um, it's it's really about being surrounded and supported by like-minded. So we have plenty of peer groups at different levels. Uh, we don't necessarily mix, you know, the CEO of the big companies with 5,000 staff with a, a solopreneur. We do that in cross-group meetings and, and uh, events and so on, where it's topic-related, where they might have interest in a similar topic, like about AI or trends and so on. But in these peer group discussions, should be people with similar responsibility. So solopreneurs have conversations with solopreneurs, and the big CEOs with many staff have conversations with other like-minded. What we found is that it's essential that you can have feel that you're understood, that you feel that there's other people here, mm. uh, you know, perhaps they are selling different products or different kind of industries so that you also don't have your competitor there. 
but they should then have conversations with like-minded. It's about having that understanding first, because also if you imagine that you are a CEO and you have 5,000 employees coming then home to talk about your challenges with your family, to vent yourself, will have no solution. Mm. There's no solution in that. You will, you will just, uh, you know, uh, make perhaps your partner feeling confused and feeling that they are helpless, cannot be mm. of service, or and then there's the breakdown in the relationship. So we need to be careful with who they ha we have these conversations, and that might also be uh, with mental health or addiction or any anything. And and, and let's mention addiction, or uh, as I said, that habits can easily fall into bad addictions, and we are surrounded by. Uh, mm so many everything from social media uh, shopping gambling uh, alcohol drugs medications there's so many that you people can pick up in in these challenging times and to come and talk to you know your family about this can also be difficult because they only want well but they're not experts in this field so it's again about you know having the right people to talk to so that you get the support you need Wonderful. Well, um, I want to thank you for creating that space for for this group. I just I, I see, first of all, um, you know, thinking about these folks as human beings, right? And how do we provide that support and that safe space? But I also think the impact of um, what what those folks can the impact those folks can have on other people and the businesses they're running, the platforms they're 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 creating, and the impact that they're making. To their communities, to the world, you know, there's just such a ripple effect. I think if if an executive or executive team is not healthy, whether it's the individual or them as a group, it just has such an impact, downward impact on the people within the organization. So, um, Nick, I would love for you to just let the audience know, um, folks who are listening to this and they're like, oh my gosh, yes, this is something I need, or this is something that I want to engage in. To better myself or maybe my executive team or for folks within my organization where can people find you um and if they wanted to join this peer group what would be the best way to do that yeah so there's so many peer groups also in the us i mean uh, even for the for the ceos it's starting with companies like vistage for example and so on and you can just google you know uh, peer groups confidential peer groups peer networks uh, there will be a, a lot available all over the country for you as well and so uh, then on the non-professional side uh, outside the workplace you know there's so many of the anonymous support groups available most are run by charities and and uh, you know as charities uh, it doesn't cost anything i myself dedicate a lot of my time now for 12-step programs and so on so if anyone of the listeners feel that perhaps you know they have a bad habit which is about to perhaps turn to an addiction then look up these organizations and join them and just join a meeting or two to see if it's for you or not there will be no strings attached it's anonymous so that that's my recommendation that but otherwise if you're feeling bad also there's a lot of professional support to reach out to you know there's a therapist and psychologist who you can talk to online these days again you can do it perhaps you know during your lunch break perhaps go uh, away to a confidential private place to have these calls so you don't have to be seen in person um, as for my organization i'm working with now in southeast asia here it's called egn executives global network and otherwise you can look me up on linkedin or finally if you want to check out my book it would be on amazon and the book is called executive loneliness 
Wonderful. Well, Nick, we'll make sure that all of those um, are, are in the show notes so that folks can easily click and, and either find you or EGN and, and, and connect that way. Um, but I want to just thank you so much for your time today. And uh, again, uh, your organization creating space for conversations like this and appreciate your, your time and, um, and expertise today. Thank you so much, Angela, for covering this topic and for having me on the show. Thank you.